0: From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast.
1: Welcome back to Locked on Chiefs. It's a Tuesday and everything has changed. Frank Clark is coming over to Kansas City. Uh, The deal is done. It is in the books. Uh, It's kind of a strange Tuesday because it's the middle of the day and we're going to try to get this done because Chris is on the road. Uh, We're going to talk to Seth here in a little bit, but Chris is on the phone now. How are you, pal? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I did not expect this deal to get done. Um, a lot of, of bits and pieces to it. They clearly had to have a negotiation before they got to the actual trade part because the deal got done so fast after it was. Um, what's your impression about trade compensation and the deal for Frank Clark?
2: Uh, well, first off, I would just love to say that I'm so happy that we now have a, uh, namesake of my own in the Chiefs organization that's going to be, I think, a really good player. Um, no, I I think it's a good move. Uh, you look at what they were going to be able to get with the twenty nine pick. And I tweeted this out, and I and I'll say it again. Uh, you've said Matt Miller said Connor Rogers has said just about anybody you talk to about the draft is there's usually only about fifteen to maybe eighteen, nineteen at most guys that you really give a first round grade to. Mm-hmm. The rest of them. They get picked in the first round, have second-round grades, and you're basically reaching. And to me, I don't think Kansas City was going to get a player that they had a first-round grade on So at 29. So I fully am okay with them giving that pick away, looking at it more, in my mind, as the second-round pick. Um, yeah. Because that's really the type of player you're going to get. And then giving up next year's second which I've seen reported being the lower of whichever two are going to be the pick, which you would have to think is going to be the chief second round pick next year. Um, that's really like a third this year. So you're giving up a, a second this year and a third this year, kind of, or, or, you know, if you want to look at it that way, I, I think it's good value. Um, they got an edge rusher, which they sorely felt like they needed. And he really fits their system.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I said yesterday or the day before, whenever we last talked about this, that, you know, I wouldn't have given up 29 for him. I would have given up two twos, Uh, and and I'm okay with that, and that's essentially what they're giving at 29 so low in the first round. Um, You know, I, I still think the market is what the market is, and I'm not going to be too worried about it, but you are giving up the future um, for a, a young guy to come in and fill a different role for you, but you weren't going to get a better pass rusher for 2019 and probably even 2020. So I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I think really the bigger part of it is... And and
2: real quick, Clark is 25, will be 26 when the season starts. So Mm -hmm. you still are going to have him in the prime of his career. It's not like you're giving him a second contract that uh, he could be out of in four years and be over the hill. He's still going to be 30 years old when uh, the last year of his contract
1: starts. Yeah, that's a really good point. So you're getting him literally in the middle of, of his best years. And, you know, as it goes on, I think it's a little high for my blood, but I'm not going to complain about it because he has value on the field. I don't think that's any kind of debate at all. I think really the only thing that comes down to it is you are committing a, a large chunk to the cap. Uh, and there are a couple of question marks there. Some of his off field stuff, some of his locker room stuff, but this clearly tells me two things and I want to know if you agree. It tells me that when Brett Veach said last week that the safety class was really thin, but he feels there's depth at corner deeper down, that tells me that at 29, they didn't plan on getting a DB that they really were sold on or that felt they have to have. And it also tells me that in trading for Frank and giving him this much guaranteed money, it's $63.5 million, they're comfortable with him off the field and what it means for the organization.
2: I would say they have to be because you know Clark, and I mean Clark Hunt, would have had to have signed off on this. And you, know, you also look at what Frank Clark brings that they didn't have before. Uh, you know, well, I, okay, I'm being because they did have something, some of it before. Frank Clark is going to be great at twists and stunts. He has the body size, he has the body type, he has the ability to be used in the way Brendan Daly is going to want to use defensive linemen, and that is huge. Um, people are trying to basically say that they traded away a first rounder in D Ford for Frank Clark. That's not really accurate because D Ford wasn't going to fit this defense and he was not going to be able to be used the way they want to be able to use their defensive linemen. And that is a very big part of this trade.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. D Ford even played at what, 235 is what Therese said he found out last season. And even if he had regained that weight, he's playing at 250. He's not the power 4-3-D end that you want, and like you said, it's not just that he's a defensive end. Frank Clark can move around. Uh, Ogba can move around. Alex Okafor can move around. Brett Speaks can move... I'm sorry, Breland Speaks can move around. This gives them that uh, ability to be really, really deceptive in who's coming from where and how they line up this defensive front.
2: Yeah, and I think that's going to be fantastic, and you, you are going to look at... I don't think this precludes them from Getting the Jones deal done, I think that they looked at this and, you know, if we want to be honest, and I said this earlier on Twitter to somebody else, uh, I think this is basically Tyree Hill's money that they are using to sign Frank Clark. I think if they would Hold sign on. Hill, I don't know that they could get this move done because you're not going to be able to get Jones and Hill and Clark more than likely all under the cap.
1: That could be very true, but I do think it does put some pressure on the team to get Chris Jones done because having Frank Clark with him next to him in all likelihood as they line up across the field um, does take some of the pressure off being able to double-team Chris Jones, but it is also says that he's playing at a similar level for a whole lot less money. So I feel like the pressure to to sign Jones long-term is mounting, but I'm sure that that's at the top of the Chiefs' list, and I think this may just help expedite getting that done. Well, and I'm, and I'm betting that it's done before training camp. I. It may not be done before June 1st, but you really shouldn't worry about that because as of June 1st, Kansas
2: City gets another $10 million in cap space, so they're going to be in a great position for that. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if Jones doesn't get signed until after they get that extra $10 million, almost $10 million from the Eric Berry release as of June 2nd, I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see the structure. It will certainly help in the first year, and we'll see where it escalates from there, but... Um, Overall, I think a a great get on the field and one that I think is probably limited in its uh, risk off the field based on what they've done their due diligence. Although, it is a little bit worrisome that the Seahawks are ready to move on so readily, but hey, it is what it is and the market is what it is. Are you happy overall?
2: Yeah, I'm happy overall. I do think that the Seahawks are looking at it and saying, okay, well, we just paid Russell Wilson $140 million. Uh, We can't afford to pay Frank Clark what what he wants, and they value things differently. They aren't in a position where uh, they're going to be trying to compete for a Super Bowl, but you can't look at that roster and tell me it's Super Bowl or bust this year. Um, I don't think the – I think the Seahawks are a good team, but I don't think they're a great team. Kansas City has the ability to be a great team, and this to me means they're pushing everything all in. I'm not going to be shocked if – the Chiefs still end up
1: picking in the first round. Yeah, they still have the firepower, two first, uh, two, sorry, second round picks, as well as that third that they've improved. So there's still firepower to get up there. I'll be interested to see what happens. But, folks, we're going to take a break. and We're going to let Chris get back on the road. Uh, and we'll be back in just a second and see what Seth has to say. The Athletic Matrix Draft Guide from Rogue Analytics is available now. And we've got a special discount code for our listeners. At checkout, enter the code LOCKEDON to get your discount. Go to RogueAPC.com, that's R-O-G-U-E-A-P-C.com, and get the Athletic Matrix Draft Guide for the 2019 NFL Draft. So, we're going to dig into it now that Seth's available. You know, both of us work day jobs, and this is really inconvenient, I just want to say, for the Chiefs front office to do this right in the middle of the day here, but... Frank Clark's gonna be a chief. Uh, instant reaction. will we'll start just a player a fit on the field. Seth, how do you feel about it?
0: Um, I'm I'm sifting through his film right now. Um, I'm only I'm only about a game and a half in, so you know it's not uh you know it's nothing just positive, right? Because if you've got anything less than about between four to six games, you just don't know. Um, because consistency is what matters, not you know the first thing that you see. Right. Um, but what I'm seeing so far is a really, really good player. Um, there are a lot of people who I think are going to be upset about the level of compensation. And I have no comment on that yet. Cause I just don't know, not through enough film, but I see a guy who is strong rushing the passer from various places. Um, and he's also very strong run defender as well. He really, he is your classic high level defensive end.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's a great fit. Uh, the Seahawks are, you know, after the Chiefs are one of the teams that I follow. I, I used to live out there and that kind of thing. So um, he is, he is all that that he's been purported to be on the field. Um, he's been more consistent than D Ford. He's been more productive in D Ford over the last three year gap. Yes, there are some preconditions, but on the field, the fit in this defense. I, I assume that this is Spagnolo's preference, and that's what's driving this whole process. Because I think the the draft compensation is overboard, but we'll get to that in a minute. But on the field, he's going to make this particular team better. But here's my only question. Breland speaks, Agba, Okafor, Jeremiah, Ocho. Who's going to play DN across from him? And who are you going to sit that you just spent money on?
0: Uh, I think Okafor is going to play across from him. Um, I, I think, I think that's, that's your group right there. Um, I think you're going to have Okafor, Nadi, Jones and Frank Clark, and that's a really, really strong defensive line.
1: and are you happy with that though because that's my question that's giving up on Breland's peace basically
0: I don't have much of an issue with that i don't I'm not someone who believes sunk cost. I think of these things in business terms, right I don't think sunk cost should affect future decision-making they've had a lot of good things to say about Breland Speaks. Maybe they'll move him on the interior on pass rushing downs. Maybe they'll do this. Maybe they'll do that. But obviously this says they don't think Breland Speaks is a star in the making or a key component in the making, right? I mean, that's a fair way to read it.
1: Yeah. And that's how I'm reading it too. Like this is, this is not judgment, but this is the current situation. You got to get to the Super Bowl before you have to do Mahomes' contract. I mean, we're talking a hundred million guaranteed minimum, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I you have to get that done, and I understand that, but this does feel a little bit on first glance. And, folks, this is our instant reaction. We just got the numbers literally a minute ago,
0: and so here, here's the way I actually, I, I someone someone tweeted this. It might have been might have been Kent, my rival <laughs> at uh, at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, you know, he he tweeted it from this perspective, and this is funny because he values draft picks way more than I do and I know I'm kind of the outsider in how I view draft picks, but had the Chiefs given up next year's second rounder to move up to, like, the number 20 pick and draft, like, Pharrell or, you know, one of the edge rush guys, right? Mm-hmm. Or Sweat, if he dropped. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they were able to get a, a third-round pick swap. They would be universally praised for that. But when it's a proven player, suddenly everyone freaks out. So why do you, why do you think that is?
1: It's not that it's the proven player. It's all the things that go along with it. I, I, I completely agree with you that that would have been seen as a good move. I don't necessarily agree with that because yes, he's a proven player, but he's a proven player in Seattle who decided to get rid of him. There are off field issues. There's a huge contract. And here's the bigger issue about the contract. You're going to pay him. And folks, we did get the numbers 105 over five, 63 and a half guaranteed. What does that say to Chris Jones?
0: I don't know if it really says anything to Chris Jones right now.
1: Oh, I disagree. I think it says a lot. It is coming his direction because he's a guy who's going to got, got to get the next big contract on this defense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that makes things more difficult. Obviously we don't know about Tyreek Hill and with the looming contract for Mahomes, this, this is getting them back into a position where yes, they have a lot of cap space next season, but this is taking a serious chunk out of it.
0: See, and I guess I, I don't necessarily agree. I mean, to me, I think people love cap space because they love the potential cap space represents. It's kind of like people don't love money. They love the things they can buy with money until they actually buy the things and the things that they have are no longer so amazing. Uh, you know, to me, you know, people. oh, man, think of what we can do with all this cap space like draft and or, you know, you know, like maybe sign an upper tier edge rusher. You know, things like that. I just don't view, I just don't view cap space and draft picks the same way most people do. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right.
1: No, you're a little bit different, but you're not wrong. It's perspective.
0: Right. And so I totally hear where you're coming from because it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Um, you know, I wonder, you know, everyone's been saying, Oh, they're going to build from the, from the back up, which we all thought. Now it's like, wow, you know, now they're really, they're looking to have a f- strong front four. The thing is Spagnuolo's best defenses always had strong pass rushes, right? Yeah. And so that oh, makes yeah. sense, especially varied pass rushes. And one thing I'm seeing, by the way, with, with Clark is that he is, he took, he, act, he was active in a ton of stunts and twists and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Now Seattle didn't have anyone else that could really do it. And so it wasn't always successful, but he's good at it. And so there's a lot yes. going on here. Um,
1: I just and I said the same thing on Twitter. It is nearly a perfect fit on the field. Right. So it it gives them the ability to be what, like you said, that to have a strong pass rush, which Spags usually needs. And it does echo back to what we heard from Brett Veach in his conference call earlier this offseason, what we heard last week in his pre-draft press conference, about the fact that they are going to they were reported to be looking to to solidify the pass rush pre-draft and look at the secondary in the draft. So it all chimes along. And especially with the fact when he he said last week that the safety class in particular is thin Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really all that's going to be there. So I I think what they're going to be targeting is somebody that they feel is a second round value at the cornerback or a safety position that they feel they can bolster what they need to do without having to spend a first round pick.
0: You know what? I can't disagree with a single thing you just said. (laughs) That's the thing. People were probably all excited. Listen, oh, my goodness, Seth and Ryan are finally disagreeing about something. But, I mean, the the reality is what I appreciate about your, your stance there is it's nuanced enough to understand that there are multiple layers to this. You know, very few things are just good or just bad. They just are.
1: You know, you're absolutely right. Let's take a break. Let's come back and talk about that thing, about what it means overall. We want to say thank you for all of your support through this entire season and want to let you know we will be here all off season for you. This and every episode that we'll be bringing to you are going to be available every week, just like normal, all off season long. So thanks for taking the time. All of you new folks, thanks for leaving your iTunes reviews and everything else. We appreciate your time and keep it locked on Chiefs
0: and in this yep. sense there there's a lot going on here that is a lot of money to give to frank clark um and i do do i think that we might have cuz we saw with sammy watkins too is there some concern that brett veach falls in love with players and does whatever he whatever it takes to get them and gets fleeced a little i think there's definitely a chance of that right this is a huge huge Amount of money. And, you know, an argument could be made. Well, you know, maybe they would have been better off just sticking with Houston and Ford. You know what I mean? And running it back. But when you look at how different Frank Clark is as a player from D Ford, I think as much as I, you know, I, I poo poo the idea that, you know, 34 versus 43 is really that big a difference. Cause in my opinion, it's not clearly they are not interested in a D Ford type of defensive end. No. Because o- no, and D 40 isn't a defensive end, right? Well, and yeah, and Clark, you know, Clark does not play like him at all. Isn't built like him at all. Neither is Alex Okafor, and both of them are much more towards Justin Houston, only you know bigger. And so I, there's a lot going on here. I again, until I get through the whole film, we'll have to record a, a second episode. Just like once I've gone through, I'm going to try to go through. I think six to eight games. Um, I want to see how he does against the elite competition and against mediocre mm-hmm. competition because
1: both matter. Well, and I'm going to tell you this. I hope you include some of those are going to be within the AFC West. Cause I think that's, that's got to be first and foremost. They got to win the West. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, I'm not going to keep you too long. I just want to ask overall, do you feel like there's any reason? Despite the compensation we'll deal with that, is there any concern for you or does this signal to you that the Chiefs don't have concern about any of the previous off-the-field stuff that that may feed into what they're dealing with with Tyreek Hill now and, and Kareem Hunt before him?
0: Either they like him enough as a player that they don't care or they look at the fact that he's been in the league for four years and he did get into a spat with a reporter and said something really stupid um that he later apologized for, which, you know, that kind of, the, well, he apologized Well, you know, sure, his agent told him to but i think other than that i don't think there's many any issues i know he got into a fight with a teammate people were talking about that i don't really care about that kind of thing cuz that happens but i think he's just kept his nose clean enough for the last 3 years that they're like okay you know we're we're fine not worrying about it i do i am surprised um i'm surprised it wasn't like clowny or something but i think there's a good chance that this is one of those situations where Clark is one of Veach's guys, where Veach views him as one of the better players in the NFL. So he just went and got him. He may well view him as a better player than Clowney. And based on what I'm seeing so far, I can see why he'd think that way. Because Clark, let me tell you, at least based on the what I've watched so far, he's a much more nuanced pass rusher than Jadavian Clowney.
1: Oh, I completely like,
0: agree. He pass rushes with a plan, and I love that. He has an incredible variety of moves.
1: Well, and I'll tell you what else. He's able to adapt on the go better than Clowney as well. I wouldn't have even been interested in Clowney.
0: And I I think I like Clowney better than you do, but I do think Clark's a superior player based on what I'm
1: seeing so far. Well, I think the Chiefs got what they think is best for them. You know, we can talk about the compensation stuff after you've looked at the film, and, and, you know, it is what it is. So, folks, thank you for your time today. Seth's got to run. He's got work to do, and so do I. So, thanks, bud. I will talk to you later. That sounds great. So, this news clearly changed our schedule for the week. Uh, We're going to look tomorrow, uh, as this show replaces what we're going to do today. Tomorrow, we'll be looking at what's going to go on. uh The guys that are on the draft board for day three. That's rounds four through seven. I'll go through that real quick, and we will probably have some predictions as to what's going to happen now that the Chiefs have given up 29 uh, still have two picks in the second round and they have some options in front of them so uh let us know what you think are you happy with this trade hit locked on Chiefs on Twitter and let us know uh appreciate you guys listening and we will be back with you tomorrow tune in for part three of the draft board and uh it's almost here folks time for the draft thank you we'll talk to you then Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on lockedonchiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at theathletic.com. Thanks for listening.